for the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world. We are live and amplified. So let's get ready to podcast. Fire it up. Welcome, everybody, to another live and amplified livecast. Wait, let me rephrase that. That's not just another live and amplified livecast. We are episode 500. And as I was talking to Rosie here, who's our guest on episode 500, it was crazy at the beginning to think that we'd ever hit episode 500. But here we are, just shy of six years later, and here we are at episode 500. So this is really amazing and exciting, and I just wanted to take a second to emphasize that because I didn't do a very good job the last couple episodes because I didn't realize we were at episode 500 already. thought we had a couple weeks, but, you know, it is what it is, and I just want to thank everybody for supporting us, especially our new Twitch community that we've uh, started to cultivate over the last three, four months or so. And uh, anybody that's uh, watching that's in the Twitch community, we really appreciate your support, as well as anybody that's watched us on Facebook, Instagram, you know, all the different places that we've streamed. I just want to take a second here to thank you all for your support because we wouldn't be at episode 500 without you. That being said, let's introduce our guest for episode 500. We have Rosie Dean. How's it going today, Rosie? Hi, I'm doing really well. Thank you. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great. I'm wonderful. You know, it's like we were talking about just a second ago. It's like I went to bed like a little bit later than I usually do. And it's just uh, it's crazy how much adrenaline I have this morning. And as you were mentioning, you have so much adrenaline after your you said it was a show, right? Or was it more of a showcase? It was a show. So my my lovely boyfriend, also my partner in business, um, it was his like birthday celebration, but also a music video release party. So a lot of really cool creative people just kind of like vibing out. It was very fun. <laughs> awesome. Oh, that's really cool. It's a uh, was that uh, where in you're based out of New York right now. Where in New York are you located? Long Island in? City. OK, gotcha. Queens. Oh, yeah. OK, I was just about to say, was that in Long Island? Yep. Nope. Queen. It's like right where they meet. Uh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. I'm not very familiar with New York and how the uh, boroughs are laid out, but you mm-hmm. know, that, that's all good. That's really cool. So uh, first off, I want to thank you for joining us. I'm really excited to jump in, talk about your debut EP that just dropped. What was that uh, about a month or so ago at this point? A little bit more. It was April 1st. April, April 1st. Okay, so two months or about a month, two and a half months ago. Um <laughs> And so I'm really excited to sit down and chat with you about that and all that fun stuff. But before we get there, what's uh, kind of the, what's your background story? What got you into music? Okay. Well, it's, there's no like one thing, but I think I just, I grew up in a very musical family. Mm-hmm. My dad taught me how to play guitar when I was 10. And uh, I started doing the school plays and things like that. And that's kind of where I learned that I like to sing. And then when I went to high school, I was so lucky. My high school that I went to had such a good music program. And there was this um, this band called Illusion. And it was like a school club, but Mm -hmm. it was like a rock band. And you had to audition and all that stuff. And I got in as a singer. Um, And that's sort of where my love for like music, like rock music came from. And then from there, it kind of stemmed into this like pop rock 
like soul thing that I do now. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I was super grateful. I just had, it's, it just goes to show like the importance of music programs in school because like that is truly like how I was able to discover that I like to do it so much and that I like was good at it, you know? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. And I just like never stopped. I got into writing and then, yeah. <laughs> awesome. And like, I mean, I've always said that the school programs are so important and, you know, we're looking at within the next year to start like uh, sponsoring school programs where they like for like the marching bands and whatnot, they are always looking for like, booster sponsors or whatever you want to call it and and so it's just like you know what i don't have we don't have the biggest budget in the world like a couple hundred bucks here and there but you know what if we could sponsor a band and it makes a difference you know we're all for it so we're going to start looking at doing that here in the next year or so and yeah just trying to keep the music alive in schools because i know where i grew up i'm pretty sure the school i went to they either stripped back the music program or they got rid of it all together. Like in middle school and junior high. Oh my God, that's so sad. I think, don't quote me on that, but. Well, we can bring uh, it back. Yeah, for sure. We'll make for it. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so you're based out of New York, but you're originally from the UK, correct? Yeah, I was born in England. I moved when I was about six. So it's not like a huge part of my identity, yeah. but it still is like at the core of, who I am. And I think because my parents, you know, I stayed with them when we moved. So I still had like British, I was grew up around British people regardless. Um, so yeah, that's definitely something I think is really cool about myself. I love to just like throw that cause I don't sound British. I love to throw it in as a little surprise for yeah, people. For sure. And, you know, that's so like your roots into England they aren't too deep. It's just the fact that you live there for six years and your family. Yeah, and my whole extended family still is still oh, there. Okay. Uh, we just moved over with my dad, my brother, me, my sister, and my mom and my dad. Um, so what little extended family I have is still over there. Yeah. So I've gone back to visit and things like that. Um, and a lot of like the music that I love is from England. And I don't know if that's like a subconscious thing because I'm yeah. like, oh, my motherland or if it's yeah. just like they just have good music there yeah. <laughs> but ed I'm, sheeran is one of my favorite artists and yeah. like he's okay. kind of who got me into writing yeah. and he's yeah. obviously proven. ed sheeran's an amazing musician i'm not too much of a fan of the stuff he's just recently released it's so different but, right but, it's, it's changed so much yeah you know it's one of those things where i haven't given it like a fair chance but like Anything from like 2020 back, I, I enjoy. So I'm the same. I used to flock to anything that he dropped. Mm -hmm. And like, I know that I would love it if I like sat and listened to it and like let it sink in, mm -hmm. but it doesn't like pull me the same way it used to. I think there was something really unique about like how poetic his lyrics were and yeah. like how, how simple the production was. Like yeah. I saw him in concert like so many times Whoa. and every single time it was just him and his loop station. And it's yeah. like the coolest thing in the world. Um, I don't know if he still does that, but yeah, I mean, he was the man. Probably, I would say probably not, but you know, it, I, I've never seen him play live. You know, I've just seen like videos on YouTube and whatnot. So, yeah, yeah. Um, but I will say one of my favorite albums of his is, what was that? Uh, Project Six or whatever, where he did a whole bunch of different, like genres and was working with a whole bunch of people that he doesn't normally work with. But he collaborated with a yeah. bunch. Of yeah. 
that, that was a cool project. But it, um, so you moved over to um, over from England. Did you go straight to New York, or did you guys land somewhere else originally? We went to California. Okay. And I was there for like three years, not long enough because I love California. It was so nice. We were in San Jose, so it was like but like near LA, but obviously not like in yeah. the thick of it, uh, yeah. but like a, a drive that we could make a once a year just to do Disney and yeah. like that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, California was amazing. We were there for like those core years of childhood, you know what yeah. I mean? Where you start like getting up to stuff and like, like riding your bike places, like things yeah. like that. So it was really nice to be there for that. And then, then we just came to New York. You were there at the right age to actually remember some stuff, but not enough to call yeah, yourself a completely. Californian, pretty much. Yeah, exactly. But I, I learned how to ride my bike. I learned, I remember learning how to ride my bike. It was so weird. I have such a vivid memory of it. It's like one of my core memories from inside out. Um, and also I was on a swim team there. So that oh, wow. was like a big cool thing. I feel like that's something that, is very common. Like I, I'd feel like in California, swimming is like a very common thing that everybody does. I think so. A lot of the schools had swimming pools and stuff. It was so cool. Nice. That's awesome. And you come to New York. My school had a choice in in New York. My school had a choice between spending money from the budget on a swimming pool or a planetarium, and they chose a planetarium, and now they just use it as storage. <laughs> Oh, I'm no. so mad about it. Oh my gosh. Anyway. <laughs> it's like, if you're going to build a planetarium, you at least use it for what it's for. Yeah. But if you're going to just use it as storage, what are you doing? Like, exactly. exactly. And I took earth science and we didn't even go in. We didn't even go in the planetarium. Really? Really? Oh, frustrating. That's insane. And that was in New York, you said? Yeah. Oof. That's especially with how limited space is in New York and they just go and build a planetarium and it's yeah. expensive storage at this point. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Cool. I love it. I love it. Um, so <laughs> you, the music program. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, so you uh, moved from California and then you went to New York after California and you've been there yeah. pretty much since. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So uh, at what point did you kind of start uh, wanting to discover your own creative element as far as like writing music and stuff? Were you in California, New York? Where were you kind of at in that? I was in New York. It didn't happen until a little bit later on in life. Like I never thought, oh, I can, I can write. Like I always was a consumer of music and I love to sing, yeah. but I never thought about writing until honestly, like college. Um, I went to NYU mm. and I was in a musical theater program that like kind of kind of dimmed my light. Like I was a really vibrant, like confident person. Mm -hmm. And then as is the case with a lot of schools and specifically theater programs, they like take all your confidence away a little bit. Yeah. And so I was really like feeling really down on myself. And we had one class um, where one of the kind of goals was to, at the end of the class, be able to accompany yourself at an audition on an mm -hmm. instrument of any kind. So a lot of people just like learned chords on a piano and sang like a pop song. But for me, I was like, oh, wait a minute. Like, this is such an easy assignment. And mm -hmm. like, I'm shocked that 
I don't know, everyone is like so new to like instruments and playing and singing pop music. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wait, so like, I actually have something that like I'm good at and I'm special at and like, I don't know. So then from there on, I was like, maybe I like do have something and I should mm -hmm. focus more on that because theater is just making me sad at the moment. Yeah. And that's when I started getting into like just playing my guitar whenever I was home and like writing. Mm -hmm. And I dabbled with some writing. Um, but then there was a whole issue of like getting over that fear of sharing it with people. Yeah. And I was lucky enough to get cast in this show at MIU called the reality show. And it's okay. basically like a big, um, like sketch comedy musical performance that they put on every year for the freshmen. Mm -hmm. um, so you work on it all summer with a group of, I think like 12 people. They, you audition, it's like all of NYU. Um, you audition, you get in, and then you spend the whole summer writing a brand new musical about all of the things you need to know before you come to college. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, drugs and like alcohol and like making good choices and like asking for help or whatever, calling the hotline. Yeah. And, um, there we had to like we had to share our stuff because there would be an assignment you would come in the next day and you would share what you had written with the whole group and it like kind of forced me to get over that fear of sharing my stuff with people yeah. and then from there i like managed to get up the courage to share like my personal music with this one friend who had offered to help me with it and then from there i got more confident and over the pandemic i um I had my aunt and my grandma pass away in the same like month span oh, wow. and my hamster, oh. um, terrible month. But um, my parents had to go back to England for all mm. of the services and stuff. So I was cat sitting by myself and I was like, what should I do? And I was like, I'm just gonna make an EP. Mm. And so that was where I like finally was just like, screw it, life is so short. Pandemic kind of made everybody realize that. But I was like, I'm gonna write something and I'm gonna release it. And like, yeah. that's gonna be, I'm gonna do it. And then I oh. did it. Long story, but yeah. All right. No, that's perfect. And luckily, your parents didn't get stuck over in England because of the pandemic. No, we, they were uh, like, I think it was it was at a really peak moment in the mm -hmm. pandemic. But for some reason, they made an exception for them um, in terms of hotels. Like mm -hmm. one of the hotels was like, we're not supposed to let people in, but like we'll let you in because of these specific yeah. circumstances. I don't yeah. know. Um, but then, yeah, and then they were able to get back. But over the pandemic, I was dog sitting for a family um, and they went to Canada right before the pandemic hit. Yeah. And then I got stuck with their dogs because they couldn't get back across the border. Oh. Not like stuck, like I love the dogs, but yeah. I had to watch their dogs for like an extra three months. Oh. And, I was, and they were huge and it was a lot, but. That's yeah. crazy. Like that was always my big, like early on during the pandemic, especially when they started saying, Oh, we're gonna go into lock like with the, that week before we actually went into lockdown, and they were starting to say, "Oh, starting this date, we're gonna lock everything down." My biggest fear was people getting trapped somewhere, not being yeah. able to get back. Yeah, it's, it was really a thing, and also one of the dogs was a pit bull. And certain parts of Canada, you're not allowed to have pit bulls. Whoa, so they yeah. were like, "What do we do? Smuggle her across the border?" Like there was this whole big thing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I was like, I'll meet you at the Canadian border and hand these dogs back to you. Yeah. But they, ended up they ended up making it back. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. That's good. You know, it's that that's interesting. Cause it's like the uh, pit bulls not being allowed in certain, certain parts of the, you said certain parts of Canada or was it all of Canada? I want to say certain parts. Okay. That's, 
I don't know. That's interesting because I love pit bulls. They're like the sweetest dogs ever. I know. It's such a sad stigma. I think they're so cute. Yeah. It's uh, it, it's one of those things where I'd love to adopt a pit bull, but I don't know how my apartment complex would feel about that. Oh my gosh. That's the thing too. I'm looking into getting a dog right now mm-hmm. and I just know that like moving mm-hmm. is going to be such a hassle. I want, and it's worth it to me, but yeah. it's so hard to get yeah. a place. Yeah. It, it's one of those Especially things. If it's a dog that's over 20 pounds. It's like, yeah. Oh yeah. It, it's one of those things for me where it's like, where I live, I live, so I'm in central Texas right now and I live in a dry riverbed essentially. So like my apartment complex is on the top of a hill and then they have like an extended part that's on the backside of the hill. And it's like a dry riverbed technically. And so I live on the backside down here and it's like, I watch these people walk their dogs and it's like, they're doing like a stairmaster every time they go try and walk their dogs. And it's like, yeah, I don't want to deal with that right now. Like, yeah, I, I'm, no. It, it's That's a, the thing about living in the city is it's all flat. Yep. Very yep. easy. Yeah. So I'm definitely in that same boat where I would love to get a dog, but right now where I'm living, it's like it's not conducive to my lifestyle. So let's wait a year or whatever, and we'll figure yeah. it out. So you'd brought up uh, moving. Are you planning on leaving New York, or are you like staying in New York? You know, it's so funny. I was talking to my sister about that the other day. So I recently went on a trip that I had been planning for a really long time with my friend, Brittany. Mm-hmm. And we went uh, on this like road road trip around Europe. It yep. sounds very really fancy. <laughs> and it, like, I, I guess kind of is. Actually, but, it's kind um, of funny. When we originally had this podcast interviewed, I think it was like the day or two after you got back. And all I had seen on your uh, social media was like all these photos from like Europe and whatnot. And the podcast was scheduled for like 9 p.m. at night. And I'm like, wait a minute. When does she move to Europe? What is going on here? Do I need to reach out to her? And and then is I started going to be awake. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no. So, yeah. So I had planned it at the beginning of the pandemic with my friend. And then it got postponed because of like the second wave. And so it got pushed to when it was. Um, but I made it. I was back in time. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that kind of made me realize like, wow, I love London. Like Mm -hmm. we went to London first and I was Mm -hmm. like, this is, I feel like really like I would love to live here. And so since I'm a citizen, I was like, I technically could just like go do that. I want to get my American stuff sorted out first so I can come back. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, it kind of made me think like, I would love to move there at least in my twenties at Mm -hmm. some point. Yeah. But for now, I think I'll probably stay in New York for a little. Yeah. It's weird because I I um I want to get back into acting. I studied acting in college and like acting has always been one of my favorite things. I'd say acting and music are probably tied. Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody I know is like going to L.A. because like yeah. that's the thing to do. Yeah. And I'm just like, I don't think I have it in me. I don't think I would I would be able to tough it in L.A. And everyone says New York is like if you can make it in New York, you can make it anywhere. But like, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know how like, to deal with that traffic. LA to me, LA is fake. Yeah. Like, like just, I know a lot of people that go there and they're like, Oh, I'm making all these connections. But then when it comes time to actually do anything, it's mm-hmm. yeah. Sorry to all my LA friends. If you hate me, <laughs> I apologize, but come on, you know, I'm telling the truth. 
What I found like, at least with acting is LA is where you go if you want to do like the commercial stuff. Like mm -hmm. if you want to be on a network TV show or something, yeah. like that is the place to be. But then like in New York, you can still do really good, mm -hmm. like independent work. Yeah. yeah. So it just depends, I guess, what you're yeah. into and like yeah. what you what you market best towards. Mm -hmm. But I don't know, I don't want to. And it sounds so ridiculous because like, obviously I'll take whatever acting work I can find yeah. at just like acting, but I would feel, feel so much more fulfilled if I was working on like projects that weren't just, you know, girl in the line at the coffee store. Like yeah. I want to do, I want to do like exciting stuff. So yeah. actually know. Atlanta might be a place that you check out. You know, I heard Atlanta's like blowing up a film right now. Yep. It's got yeah. that nice mix of film work, music work. So I'll definitely check out Atlanta. I would love to. Yeah, it's, you know, for for me, I think my endpoint is Nashville. Like, I feel like that's the the pivotal or like the perfect compromise. Although everybody keeps telling me, no, you should go to Austin. Austin would be cool. And it's like, yeah, but Nashville's like right in between my dad and my sister. So if they ever want to come visit, you know, I'm just like right there. That's perfect. So, yeah. And you love music, so. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, it, it's one of those things where I, I love the hell out of Texas and I've been here for almost three years and just the people here are amazing. The support I have is amazing, but like right now, it'll probably be like 106 degrees out today and it's, yeah, it's, oh my God. I, I'm kind of over it already. I've never even been somewhere that's that hot. I can't believe that that's just normal life. Yeah. Well, I mean, I lived out in New Mexico where 106 was like a cool, like was like a typical summer day, but you know, it was a different kind of heat. It was like dry. So it was like, I, you know, it didn't bother me as much, but here it is so humid. Well, I mean, it's not Florida humid, but it's hu still so humid. And mm -hmm. I'm just kind of like, I am over this right now. So wow. Yeah. yeah for me like 90s is like whew, yeah. better stay inside yeah. well you know it's <laughs> it's one of those things where i was out yesterday i was at a uh beer we uh my where I, I work for a tv station we were at a beer festival and we went out there and we were like you know we'll take video you know all that fun stuff and we were sitting outside and it was like yo we gotta go inside because we're all gonna pass out like my boss is very pale skinned anyways and she was just like after like 20 minutes outside she was just like beat red and dripping sweat and i'm like all right let's go inside and figure out what we got to do before we all die you know Ooh. it was it was rough so but it was a good time yeah <laughs> so, if free beer and pizza you can't go wrong mm -hmm. and i'm trying to decide if it would i can't quite figure out if it was New York style pizza or if it was weirdly cut Chicago style pizza. Cause I've I'm never had Chicago, but wait, how would it be? What? Cause it was like, it, the cheese like messed up when they cut it. No, no, no. So the way they cut Chicago style thin crust is they cut it in squares. Whereas uh, like New York style, obviously they cut it in like a traditional pizza style. Um, and so like it was it was great no matter what it was like the best pizza i've had since i've left chicago i will say that um but that being said it's like i don't know is this new york style is this chicago style it it was kind of a weird mix between the two so they really put the sauce 
on top of the cheese in Chicago? That's only deep dish. That's only deep dish pizza. I see. Deep, I see. Okay. deep dish pizza is good, but it's one of those things where you can't have it every day or you like once every couple of months and you're fine. Gotcha. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. It seems like a lot. Yeah, it is. It is. But you know, I've kind of, it's kind of funny. We switched over to pizza just so randomly and casually, um, <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> um, so you're in New York now. Uh, let, let's talk transition over to the debut EP. You said you started working on this, like right at the beginning of the pandemic or. Um, right around, no, so it must've been about a year in, not a year. Oh yeah. It might, it must've been about a year in cause it was, uh, it was May okay. of 2021. 20... Yeah. That would have yeah. been a little May of 2021 where I wrote it. And then, um, I wrote it all in four days so, mm. and recorded it in four days. So I did one song each day and it wasn't initially going to be like as big of a thing. It was just, I just recorded it mixed and mastered it myself which i didn't know what to do i knew mm. nothing mm. um and then i just dropped it like out of nowhere did shot the cover art in my kitchen like did just because i just wanted it out there yeah. it was initially just to kind of get over my fear of releasing things so that i could then in the future release something without that fear like hanging over me mm -hmm. um and then I started getting involved with uh, CK Records and um, all of the people that I have come to like know and love and work with. And they were like, no, you should redo this, but like mm -hmm. do it with help. Cause it, it's like, you know, there's stuff there. It's just, it could be done a lot more professionally. And I was like, okay, if you think it's worth doing. And so I took the whole thing down like the amateur version. So there's like a demo version of it that is a whole other, <sighs> it's so different. It's crazy. Um, and then we redid the whole thing. I got some like really talented friends in on it. And, and then that's how it came to be. It's been a year since like its inception. Mm -hmm. And I think a couple days ago is like when I came, like when I dropped it mm -hmm. a year ago, it's like, it's been officially a year since. Oh, the single dropped. So it's been a year since the single dropped. It's been uh, it's been a year since I started writing it, okay. and I yeah. dropped like the initial like rough version of the EP that I uh. just did completely myself. Um, and now it's been when did I drop the single? It's been probably about like half a year since I dropped okay. the single. Because on on Spotify, all it says is the year, and so it's just like okay, well maybe yeah. So. Mm, got you. Yeah, I think Rose I dropped in 2021. And then everything else is 2022. Awesome. Awesome. So All Grown Up is the name of the debut sing or debut EP. Um, well, that's my bad. Um, so w from the demo album to this version, was there any like major changes or just like production quality was different? There was primarily production quality, but Bitter, the song, um, the first song off of it, like the one that people are seeming to like the most, which is exciting. Mm. Um that one used to be so much slower. Mm. It's actually crazy. And like at the time, I I don't know, I didn't think that it should be faster, mm. but then we went to like re-record all the instruments and I was like, this sounds like so like tired and just yeah. like not energized. And so we like sped it up significantly and then it got a lot cooler. And then Lifeline, the second track, like starts out a lot mm. more like vocal heavy and very yeah. like ambient. Mm -hmm. And then, um, 
that it like kicks in with like drums and guitar and like the ending, which wasn't in the initial version. So just little things like that. We just like spiced up the whole thing. Nice. Did you get a yeah. chance to road test any of the songs from when you did the, from when you wrote them to when you officially, officially released them? And like road test meaning what? Like play them like in front of crowds and see how crowd reacts or. No, no, okay. I do not. Cause I mean, like it all happened during quarantine the whole mm. shift like that year i was still like isolated for the most part i didn't perform until the night everything came out okay gotcha it's scary because now i'm i'm like doing more gigs and things and i'm noticing a lot of artists that i'll play on a bill with they'll like test out songs to see mm. like what song's gonna be their next single yeah and i think that's so cool but i didn't know i didn't get to do that at all I gotcha because the reason i asked is for a lot of the reasons that you just said but it also gives the song a chance to naturally mature and find out like what the good pacing is or like if you had one thing in mind but when you start playing it people start responding in a different way it gives mm -hmm. you the opportunity to totally. kind of change everything and there are things that I do when I perform the songs live that I wish I had done in the recording of them, which I think like just little vocal things or like yeah. places where I change the rhythm, like that I wish I had played around with before I recorded it. So I knew exactly yeah. how I wanted it, but. For sure. Yeah, that makes complete sense. So of the uh, four songs off the EP, which one is your favorite to perform live? <gasps> Oh, that's a really good question. What notice, I, notice I said favorite to perform live because if I asked your favorite song, that would just be mean. My favorite, yeah. See, I think my favorite to perform live is Bitter um, mm. because you can just really move around to mm. it and it's an easy song to learn the words to and sing along. Um, but they're all kind of, they all kind of have their own little vibe. But I would say Bitter, I'd say Bitter, probably. Yeah. That's fair. That's very fair. It's a definitely a good song. As I was uh, driving to get breakfast this morning, I was listening to the EP again because I hadn't listened to it in its entirety uh, since we were originally scheduled to do this podcast. Oh, um, yeah. and so I just was like, okay, I've got like 20 minutes to like 10 minutes to where I'm going, 10 minutes back. I've got 20 minutes. I can listen to this thing in its entirety for the most part. And Bitter's my favorite song off the album. Oh, thanks. So. Yeah, it's a short project. That's also why I like it. Cause you, you got no excuse. You gotta listen to it. It's only like 12 minutes or something. Yeah, for sure. It's a, it, it's definitely a quick, easy listen. And it's, it's for me, it's laid out really really cohesively and it makes a lot of sense the way you have like the track listing laid out and you know so like bitter is definitely one of my favorites i was a little uh which was it lifeline where uh you uh where like the chorus was like 911 or something oh that's uh, sirens that's sirens okay so i was that that was a little off-putting to me like i i was a little off-put by the uh chorus because you had it so much um um, vocal, I'm going to just say vocal effects. Cause I'm not going to pretend like what I, uh, um, um, know what I'm talking about in that aspect, but you know, the entire album top to bottom is really good. And, uh, hopefully I'm going to throw the, uh, uh, link to the EP in our comment thread since we've got a few people, uh, uh, commenting and whatnot. Um, so, um, for the EP, 
what's the uh, plan kind of moving forward? Do you see yourself turning it into a full album or do you kind of want to keep this an EP and then just move on to another EP or singles or move on? I'm, I love it. And I'm so proud of it. I was literally saying this morning, I'm, I'm so proud of it and I love it so much and I'm performing it all the way through July. I'm still doing gigs and things, but I really want to write new stuff. And like, I've been sitting with this content for a year now Mm. And I feel like it's very much where I was in those four days that I wrote it, but I'm definitely like experiencing different things. And there's so much more that I want to say that is like uh, relevant to the things that I've experienced this past year. So, yeah. And also, I don't know, with, with a project comes a certain aesthetic Mm -hmm. and I'm excited to kind of like switch the aesthetic a little bit and try something like a little bit more, I don't know. Like it's very vibrant. It's very energetic. Yeah. I want to try something maybe a little more mellow, see how that feels. And mm-hmm. then I don't know. I, yeah. Okay. So looking at the cover album, cause I was, uh, it, it was a little off putting, like you had the vi- vibrant put colors, but then the expression on your face looked like a little angsty. looks like you had a little angstier in that photo shoot. I'd almost mm-hmm. be interested to see an EP where you explore that angsty side. And you said you were like your origins started in like rock music and then it started becoming the pop influenced rock, you know, mm-hmm. that we could go into that whole conversation about how musicians need to stop trying to genre uh, define themselves by a genre. But I'd almost like to see you kind of explore that, that angsty rock side of yourself and just, you know, because yeah, I, I was having an, an issue because I have another single that I, I wrote and I'm going to record on Friday. Mm-hmm. And it's like, a, it's kind it doesn't really sound like anything that I've done. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what if people want, just want more of like what bitter sounds like? Mm-hmm. And I know that like, I'm not like, I don't have this massive fan base. It's like demanding more. Yeah. But like, if there are a few people who listen to it and like follow along because they want more of that, mm-hmm. it's like, Oh, this 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 whole dilemma as an as an artist starting out is like, how do you know what's gonna make people the happiest, and how do you like keep doing that yeah. when there are other things that like spark your interest creatively? It's really I don't know, it's tough. So I just have to keep experimenting. Yeah, for sure. And I think as long as you kind of remain authentic to yourself as a musician, and not trying to jump on the hot new thing, yeah, and I think you'll be all right. You know. Yeah, thanks. I think so too. Right now, I feel like disco is like really popping off. Oh, everybody <laughs> is releasing these like disco pop anthems. Yeah, it, it's that's really interesting. So, uh, about a month or two ago, we had a musician from Atlanta on that she released her album and she sent it somewhere to get put on like a Spotify playlist. And they had a bunch of different playlists for different genres. And she was like, okay, I'll get put on like a pop playlist. And they put her on the new wave disco playlist. And she's like, I didn't even know that was a thing. I didn't know like people listen to disco like that or, you know, whatever. And so you're like the second person to bring up like the, like this disco thing that's going on. It's like Dua Lipa is driving this whole new thing. And like Lizzo's new song. And Mm. it's all so like. Yeah. That just shows how much like mainstream music I don't listen to like I yeah 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 I it's hard to avoid like on TikTok and stuff mm, yeah because <laughs> I do so much TikTok and it's 
uh, that's like literally where songs get popular now. Yeah. Uh, so we, I, I know them all. Yeah. I definitely wanted to talk about your TikTok and all that stuff. Cause I'm trying my best to be better at TikTok. I just don't have the personality for it. And I'm not like, for whatever reason, I just don't have the content for it other than just uploading like random clips of the podcast to TikTok. Yeah. You know, it, but that doesn't really respond well, at least from it's, what I've seen. So TikTok as a whole, I don't know. I mean, the algorithm changes what it likes like every mm. couple of weeks. So you have to be so quick to adapt and yeah. it's hard to like remain true to yourself and the content that you, you're passionate about creating while also adhering to the algorithm. That's mm -hmm. oh, so tough. I thought uh, TikTok was more one of these platforms that the algorithm was more custom to what you liked. It is, but they are so weird about what they push. Like mm. one day they'll love when people are just like talking to the camera and being really energetic. And then other days they like when you don't even use any sound and you just put text on the screen for five seconds. Like they change what they boost every yeah. single month. And it's yeah. just like, how do you keep up? Yeah. Oh. Because, you know, so last night, since I knew you're uh, like very behind TikTok and like putting yourself out there, I was like, all right. I got to come up with a TikTok video idea to post in the morning right before the thing. And I couldn't find the sound clip that I wanted because I was going to do a sound clip of I'm all jacked up on Mountain Dew from uh, Talladega Nights. And uh -huh. just be like, I don't know what I was going to do, but I was just going to like start yelling into my phone and just play that over and over again. And just at the end, put like the, the little nice little graphic that I made just to push it but I couldn't find it in the TikTok database. Like I could see where videos had used it, but I couldn't like find the soundbite. And I'm like, all right, I don't know what to do now. So, and then it just never ended up happening. So. I saw that movie for the first time a couple of weeks ago. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't have gotten the reference if we had this conversation like last year. It's no. a really good movie. Yeah. So has that movie changed your life? Do you quote it? Constantly. I don't quote it. I don't know it well enough to quote it, but okay. I said, what does he say? Shaken. Shaken bake. Yeah. Shaken bake. Yeah. yeah. Like little things like that. People will reference them and I'll be like, I know what you're I, talking about. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like that movie and then uh Step Brothers. If you're a fan of the John C. Riley Wolfer. Catalina Ryan. Wine Festival. Yep. Yep. I know someone who literally went to it. It's a real thing. Yeah. I had nice. no idea. I was so shocked when she said it. Nice. That's awesome. That's really cool. Oh, uh, but yeah. So like those two movies, I just quote all the time. It's, uh, it's, it's like the same at, guy, right? Yeah. Same guys. That's so cute. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's one of those deals. So I'll be at work and somebody be like, Hey Tom, what's wrong? Are you okay? And I'm like, I'm all jacked up on Mountain Dew. And you know, just, I hit him with it. And then everybody in the newsroom starts laughing and it's like, yes. Oh, that's I've done so my job. funny. So. I love that. Yeah, it, 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 those are the two movies that I quote pretty religiously, so. They're universal gems. I feel like everyone knows them, including me now. Yes, yes, and that's yeah. good. That's good. Um, so on TikTok, when, when did you kind of come to the realization that TikTok was like this breeding ground for making music popular? Okay, so for me, it has not been. For me, it is very much like, you will do sketches, you will mm -hmm. do impressions and you will get like followers in a big burst and mm -hmm. then you'll get no views. And then yeah. you'll have a big burst and then you get no views. But my music has not ever done crazy well, mm -hmm. but like for people like Doja Cat and like there's this other girl, I forget her name, but 
every single song she releases, she customizes to be successful on TikTok. Like yeah. she knows what's going to make a good TikTok song and she like works it and it's incredible. Mm. There's so many musicians that do things like that and it just like absolutely skyrockets mm. into all this fame. Um, and it's just like, I don't know, ever since the pandemic, we all needed stuff to do. Okay. And I feel like everyone gravitated to TikTok eventually. Like some mm. people went straight away. Some people were very hesitant, but like finally caved in. Yeah. And um, yeah, I feel like it's ever since probably like 2020, mm -hmm. I feel like it's been this huge thing. And I know so many of my friends are, are like, I have a lot of friends who are also musicians and trying to get their stuff out there. And they make these videos like, <laughs> like you're trying so hard to strategically, like, yeah. how am I going to get views? Okay. Like yeah. if I, if I tell people that I'm like this undiscovered artist, like you can be the first one to be my fan, like, nice. like share and follow. And but like, it's really hard to get, or do you do a trend? Like you do a dance and hope that it goes viral. Like, I don't know. There's so many things, but it literally just takes one video and then yeah. boom, you can be so successful. So yeah. I found some really amazing independent artists just like by scrolling TikTok. It's, yeah. it's, I can't post to it, but I can scroll through it. And I like, there was this one musician early on during the pandemic. She was working on this song. She's a country musician out of Nashville and she was working on this song. And like the first time I saw her, she just had like a guitar riff and she posted a TikTok video where she's like playing this riff and she's like, I've got like this chorus line in mind and she'd sing the chorus line and it would just be very real and authentic. And then as you kind of go through the TikTok or her series of TikToks, like the song becomes a little bit more refined and a little bit more of a song instead of a random riff with a chorus line. And then she like the second or third to final TikTok of that, I'm going to just call it a series because my brain needs that organization um she would like play the full acoustic version and then she'd be like if this video hits how many ever shares likes views i'll go into the studio and record it and then she records it releases it on tiktok and she just goes uber uber viral so that's so cool yeah. yeah if you have a song that's that's good enough and you have like a personality that can like grab people you have a like good chance of that yeah. working out, which is awesome. For, for sure, for sure. So uh, you've been on TikTok pretty much the entire pandemic, just kind of doing your thing there? So, yeah, so I started like probably March of 2020 mm -hmm. and I didn't get success until like that summer. I had my first like viral video. Mm -hmm. um, and then ever since then, I've kind of been like taking notes on what people want to see and I discovered I can do a cat Valentine impression and I've been doing that and that works. I nice. made up this like Harry Potter uh, thing, like the founders of Hogwarts planning how they're going to make the school. I think and I missed that one. I'm going to have to go do yeah, a deep dive. Pinned, into you. It should still be pinned at the top of my profile, okay. but uh, that's a fun one. So yeah, you kind of just like trial and error, find things that stick and that people mm. like and, if a video goes viral, then you know that it worked and you can mm. keep doing it. You can kind of build off of it as yeah. long as you don't have the momentum. So, yeah. yeah, for sure. That's, you know, just kind of keeping like being original, being authentic, and then just kind of finding a way to, to find the next one off of a video you already made or continue the story or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, that, that's the, how SNL has made themselves super famous by building characters or scenarios that people want to see a continuation of. So 
Totally. Yeah. Well, I was saying, I love SNL so much. I was talking to uh, Ethan, my boyfriend, the other day about how um, SNL has changed totally because we were yeah. thinking about all the old sketches and how the funny part about like Penelope or like, um, what's up with that? What's up with yeah. that? Like all of that stuff. The funny thing was that you knew what was going to happen every mm -hmm. single time. And yeah. like, that was why it was so funny. Cause you're just like, how are they going to get there? Cause I know, I know the punchline. It's the yeah. same every time it's a formula. And now the comedy they shifted to is like, you just have no idea what's going yeah. on ever. Yeah. And like, there's literally no sense to any of it, yeah. but it's funny in like a totally different way. And we just like had this epiphany, like wait, SNL is like a chaotic mess now, but in yeah. like the best way. Yeah. Actually, and I feel like it's Gen Z humor. Yeah. It, it's one of those things I haven't, consistently watched snl for a long time like i'll just go like when they post like the clips and i'll just watch like the different sketches uh for the most part but like this year at the end of this season i was just really depressed because i always liked pete davidson's characters like just him on the sketch show and then um who is the uh um not cecily but um kate mckinnon Aidy bryant and isn't Kate, Kate, McKinnon. A, Kate McKinnon also left this year, right? So it's A.D. Bryant and Kate McKinnon that left. Um, yeah, and Kyle Mooney. Yeah. I wasn't as much of a fan of him, but like Kate McKinnon, A.D. Bryant, Pete Davidson, and then Keenan Thompson. I grew up watching all that and Keenan and Kel and all that stuff. So, yeah. Keenan. Yeah. So Hilarious. Um, but just like some of the sketches that are going to die now because the the – actors have left it's like oh that's kind of depressing because really the uh, I know. the encounters uh the encounters one where they bring them in the alien encounter ones with uh mm -hmm. those were always like, so yeah a little different for me uh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's one of those things where it's just like oh man those are so funny and you never know what's coming and like i feel like the point was to always try and break whoever the special guest was to see how uncomfortable you can make them mm -hmm. and yeah it's uh it, those are awesome and i'm gonna so miss funny. those so um but yeah so just really quick before we jump into everything else going on in 2022 i want to thank everybody that's been active in the chat that's been listening to us if you have any questions feel free to drop them in the chat i will do my best to field them and ask rosie and we'll, we'll kind of make this a communal the communal part of the podcast. Uh, so if you have any questions, feel free to ask and I will field them as quickly as I can. Um, and then also, if you're not following us here over on TikTok, please do so. That'd be amazing. We're trying to grow this community and make this a, a place that people want to come hang out. And obviously with the podcast, it's a little bit different than the traditional uh, Twitch streams where if you're playing music, you have breaks in between, but we're working out that format. We're trying to make it work. So uh, but once again, thank you everybody for, uh, that's been hanging out with us. We've still got a lot to talk about. Um, so the, uh, new EP has been out for about two and a half months. What's the response been like? It's been cool. Um, obviously the song bitter is doing the best, I think out of all of them, which I think says a lot about like who my audience really is. I think a lot of it is like people kind of in my exact position mm -hmm. where you're like a young adult trying to navigate. I feel like there's not enough media that kind of emphasizes how stressful that can be. There's a lot of media that like romanticizes youth, like your teen years. And then there's a lot of media that kind of like uh, reinforces like adulthood and like 
you know, I'm a grown lady doing a grown lady thing, but there's not a lot of like the in-between of like what the heck is going on ever. And I like that. I kind of filled that pocket, at least with music. I think that's fun. Um, So people really like that. And like the message behind it, although I did have, (laughs) I did have, um, I was choreographing a a musical Matilda Mm -hmm. and I had this little boy who was in it. I think he's like 14 and he came up to me and he was like, I think I'm going to do the song bitter for my like tap solo this year on the dance team. And I was like, you're 14. Like you can't relate to that song. It's for 20 somethings who are confused. (laughs) That's so funny. But um, yeah, I mean, even he found something in it that he liked, which was so cute. Um, but yeah, that song's been good. I've been gigging and like people have been overall like vibing to the project, which is really fun. It's gotten like a, like a nice number of streams, I would say. Obviously, I'd love for it to get billions, yeah. but you know, all in due time. For sure. Um, but yeah, it's just been fun. People have liked it and I'm proud of it. I think it's like, it's good if you can say after a year that you're still proud of the music. Oh, yeah. And sure. um I think it was like, it was just a big step for me because mm-hmm. I didn't overthink any of it. I think part of like writing it all in four days was to force myself to just like let it be and not keep tweaking it and changing mm-hmm. things because yeah. I would never be satisfied otherwise. So it's been received well. And it's also taught me a lot about just like the process and how mm-hmm. I need to just kind of trust myself and stop being so yeah. unhappy with everything. For sure. So was Bitter ever considered for the single over Rosé or was it always Rosé was going to be? I mean, I personally would have released it as a single, but at the time, Rosé was the one that kind of all fell into place first. Mm -hmm. And with all of like the other musicians' contributions and stuff. Mm -hmm. And we also wanted to get it out before 2021 ended. Yeah. Because we wanted it to be kind of like a New Year's anthem. Because it initially was, I hope they're having a fabulous 2021. And then we changed it to had them because the year was over mm-hmm. and we wanted it to kind of stand at least a little longer after the mm-hmm. year. So we released it as like a by 2021, high 2022 kind of vibe. Yeah. Um, I feel like letting go of negativity is very much like a new year's yeah. energy. So yeah. we dropped that first for that reason. Kind of. Yeah. It, you know, it's, it's interesting kind of always, uh, be have to be cognizant of not trying to date your music you know because it's mm-hmm. like i mean but then again maybe during the pandemic that would have been very acceptable because yeah. you know like 2020 2021 was such a pivotal year as that's far what as- i was thinking that was my justification was like 2020 will go down in history as like the worst year in the history of mm-hmm. our lives and so like 2021 kind of symbolizes like coming out of that mm-hmm. and so by saying like i hope you had a good one it's like saying well i hope your 2021 was great mm-hmm. like i hope you came out of 2020 feeling good so i was like that that makes sense yeah let's roll with that so that's kind of what we did perfect and so for like two hours trying to figure out a substitute lyric for that like that had nothing to do with 2021 and we were like i hate all of this let's just yeah. keep it and change one word yeah you know it's it, for whatever reason, it brought me to think about, uh, you remember a musician by the name of Ruben Stutter? He won like American Idol. Yeah. Ep- or season three, was it? I think it was season three, but he had like this one hit that was called Sorry for 2004. I don't know that song. And so it like anytime somebody, anytime I have this conversation, that automatically pops into my head. Like he had this one song called Sorry for 2004. And it like, it felt to me like he super dated himself and was never able to recover. 
But yeah. yeah, for me, I think about, um, I think about party like, like it's the end of the world. We going to party like, like it's 2012. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's funny. Oh, man. I that was crazy. It. People really thought the world was going to end. Yeah. But I mean, that that's almost kind of like the same thing for 2021. Like that was a pivotal moment in American hit or in world history because people actually right. thought you know, things were going to So, like, people think back to 2012, and they're like, that's crazy. We'll yeah. party like that, like, when yeah. we thought it was going to all be over. Yeah, exactly. So it's like it kind of stands still. You know. Yeah. In 2012, and then when Will Will Smith did the uh, um, party, like, it's 1999 in reference to, like, the 2K virus. Yeah. Which, that, that like, just think, you think back about all this stuff that was so stupid to actually believe but the the hype the hype was real i'm not gonna lie yeah. so oh my gosh yeah oh but you uh so last night you had a show a birthday party slash music video release party right that, that that's the best way to describe it uh yeah. what was the music video for what song it was for my boyfriend ethan um it was a video that we shot about a year ago in mm -hmm. August of 2021 for his song Porcelain Dreams. And I okay. edited the video and it was oh, my wow. first um, video that wasn't for myself that I had mm -hmm. like edited and released. So it was really exciting. It was like a big night and I was obviously so nervous. I don't know, I'm always, I'm very hard on myself. So I get very nervous when I'm sharing things with mm -hmm. people, especially if it's something that I'm like new to. So I'm like kind of new to editing in this, in this realm. And mm -hmm. so I was very nervous, but it went down well. People liked it. Mm -hmm. so, that's yeah. awesome is that so is that something you've always wanted to do like i know you mentioned like you've done or you like acting and all that stuff but like flipping it to the production side of stuff is that something I've you've always all loved yeah i've always loved it so when i was in college i did a year of this film program called stone street mm -hmm. um and there we got to do on-screen stuff we also got to do behind the camera and i discovered mm -hmm. that i really like uh, cinematography and directing and also editing but I never really had access to like the professional editing softwares and things. So now that I'm working uh, at CK, I have a computer with mm. Adobe Premiere and I can yeah. like actually do like learn the thing. And so it's really exciting and I'm, I'm having a lot of fun with it. Yeah, for sure. It's uh editing's my favorite thing to do. It's like shooting's cool and it's fun. But for me, there's too much pressure on the shooting because if you screw it up, it's screwed up. Like you have to go back and reshoot it. Whereas editing, if you screw it up, it's not that big of a deal. You can change the edit. Yeah, totally. So it's a, uh, it's definitely fun. So, um, so you, what would you take away from the uh, experience editing this music video? I think just, it doesn't have to be perfect because then it'll never be done. Yeah. So there's like, like not to be afraid of doing multiple drafts of something, mm -hmm. I think. And I think that applies to everything. I think that applies to songwriting too. And like, you don't have to show somebody a finished product in order mm -hmm. for them to be like impressed or yeah. like, happy with what you're doing. Like you yeah. can show somebody a work in progress and then like get, get notes and get feedback yeah. and tweak it. Like that's all okay. And yeah. like, there's nothing to like freak out about in the process. Cause for me, I'm very afraid of people being you, you're awful. That's bad. Yeah. But no, no one does that. Yeah, for yeah. sure. It's like, I mean, 
in TV, it's a little bit different because we're dealing with people that don't understand production. Like as far as like I do creative services, so I make like commercials and all that fun stuff. And we're dealing Ooh. with clients that don't understand video production. So they think when we send them an edit, it's it, it's got to be a point where it looks like it's done, but it may not be actually done. So mm-hmm. It's uh, it's definitely trying to find that balance of, okay, does it look done? Does it not look done? Does it look like I, yeah, it, it, it's this weird balance, but it just, it, it's different aspects. Like when you're giving edits to people that understand production, they'll be like, oh, this is a rough edit. Okay, cool. Yeah. And, but if you give it to people that don't understand, it's like, I don't know what a rough edit means, but this doesn't look right, you know, so. Totally. Same like for on set. Like if you have, I was filming a commercial and the client was on set mm-hmm. and the client kept saying like, no, I want this. I want this. And the director's like, that's not going to work. But like, yeah. Yeah. They, if they don't know, like, mm, yeah. It's yeah. and yeah. It, like what they see visually on set, isn't what they see in camera. And, you know, like a quick pickup shot of like your phone or whatever, like a tight shot that just may be, Oh, we're shooting this just to have it just in case it need, we need something to cut away from. And like a director's brain needs to think post-production and production. And a lot of like clients don't understand that, which, yeah. 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 So, um, but yeah, so you're still actively seeking out acting gigs. Have you done like movies and stuff or has it all primarily been like commercials and whatnot? I've done like a lot of indie short films. That's like okay. my primary thing that I have most experience with. Yeah. Um, just because on an independent level, that's all like starting out artists mm. can really afford to produce yep. as much as it sucks. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so a lot of that, I've been trying my hand at producing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's for me. Um, I much prefer like the hands-on, like mm. holding the camera, like helping with the physical yeah. filming of something, I think. Um, and then my favorite thing is acting in front of the camera, but, yeah. uh, yeah, yeah. And I've been hoping to get more into, um, into acting again. I took, I kind of put it on the back burner, but mm-hmm. I want to get back. I want to get new headshots. Yeah. I want to do the whole thing. Nice. That, yeah. That's, I think my dad low key wants me to get back into film production because he's asked me twice in the last week where he could find all my old films. And it's like, do you want or like are you telling me i need to get back into film production because i got out of it because i was spending i got myself into like crippling debt trying to produce these films and i just recently got myself out of it so yeah you know yeah, it, we're definitely navigating the uh the whole making art that you're proud of mm-hmm. and being able to afford it thing it's really yep, tough yep so now if I were to do films, it would be like, okay, nobody's getting nothing out of this other than a film project. And hopefully it becomes something I, because I used to be a very firm believer and I understand, and I still this way where you come on my set, you're getting paid, you're getting financial compensation, but I also put myself into crippling debt doing that. So. Yeah. yeah. We're the it's, same. We always like to pay people if we can. Mm-hmm. Um, and so far we've had a lot of luck. Hopefully yeah. it keeps going. Hope we keep uh, yeah. climbing and we're able to, we've gotten a lot of luck with like some sponsors and some mm. really cool like, investors and things. So hopefully it just continues and we're yeah. able to make it bigger and bigger. I would love to one day be able to produce like something where I can pay people like the best rates yeah. and like yeah. we can have like trailers and like all that. Like that would make me so happy. I'd feel oh, yeah. so happy. 
Oh yeah, for sure. And I, I have some ideas for short films, but it's just one of those things where it's like, need to make sure it's right. So yeah, totally. Um, but so obviously still acting and uh, doing all that fun stuff. Uh, what's your plans with your music moving into 20, the rest of 2022? Are you just playing or are you writing? Where are you kind of at creatively? You know, all that fun stuff. I think I'm done playing after July. Like I okay. think I'm going to take a break from gigs. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have a music video for Bitter coming out, which is so exciting. We filmed it a couple of weeks ago. Uh, it's in post right now and I'm literally so hyped for it. I think that we're going to put like a lot of effort into the campaign for it. Cause I want it to, I want it to be seen. I think it's a really cute concept and I think a lot of people will really like it and like mm-hmm. resonate with it. And I, I'm just so excited about it. Nice. Um, so that's happening. That's coming out. And then I think once that's done and this gig in July is done, I think I'm going to cap like the all grown up era Yeah. and head into um, I don't know, releasing a new single and like something new, probably something with not a lot of like pressure on it. Maybe mm-hmm. just like a fun song for the summer. And, you know, if people listen, they listen mm-hmm. and then I'll, just like hit the ground running with writing and yeah. discovering like where I want to go next. For I sure. definitely want to keep writing. Like For I'm sure. always going to keep writing. Speaking of pressure, this is the perfect segue into our first uh, uh, chat question. Do you ever feel pressured into changing your music to fit the popular genres? Totally. And, and um, a big thing in that is, is with TikTok is like feeling pressured to make mm. something that, is going to be successful as yeah. like a 15 second sound clip. Mm-hmm. Like, what can I put in here? That's going to like draw people in or like, but then you have to think like, Oh, I don't want to make a song that, that is going to be like musical mm-hmm. craft for five, yeah. 15 seconds. Like I don't want to, that's a, that's successful for some people, but like the way that I write music, it's just not gonna, I don't think that's, that's my way mm-hmm. to the to success. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, I totally do though. I, I wonder um, also a lot if people think that I'm, that I am changing myself to be successful. Cause I know like Olivia Rodrigo and Billie Eilish have kind of delved into this like rock element mm. of their pop music yeah. and, and um, like bitter kind of does too. And like the mm. end of lifeline. And I, I'm really worried that people are going to think that I'm just doing it to appease mm. like mm-hmm. to what is popular right now. Yeah. But genuinely that's just what I like. So it's like yeah. a balance because you want to make people happy, but you also don't want to come across like you, aren't being true to yourself. Mm-hmm. So there's a, yeah. there's a balance. Yeah. It's hard. You, you brought up Billie Eilish. Like I'm not a big fan of her music. Like there's a couple of songs that are kind of cool, but her as a creative person, it's really inspiring to watch her just be creative and oh, just be authentic, authentic to herself. Like I remember the first time I really learned about her, there was this video series who i think vogue did it or there's like a video series that's out online where they do the same interview one year apart and they've done it like five years in a row now with her and just watching how yes she's changed as a musician as as a person but when they like first did the interview she was like 17 and so like you think about yourself at 17 and then five years later it's like yeah you're going to be a completely different person as far as like your values and what you respect and you know like all that different stuff but just like watching her like her creative mind and what she values in art is it's like that's awesome 
and I well, I, mean, I love her so much. She's so uh, she's so unique, and mm-hmm. and I'm so glad that she found so much success by by being that. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. that just goes to show that if there's a gap in in the market or like in the creative world, it's like so important that we fill it with like cool new people. Mm-hmm. And she kind of invented this new sound of like mm-hmm. like whispered harmonies that's yeah. so popular now, and yeah. it's so cool. Yeah. She's definitely talented and I wish I could relate to her music more, but you know, there's a couple of songs, like I said, a couple of songs that I I'll listen to here and there, or if it comes on when I'm out, it's not like, Oh, turn that off. It's like, okay, I can stand that. But yeah. Yeah. yeah, You know, it, it, that's just personal taste versus And it's that conversation of what's the difference between personal taste and if it's good or not. So, you know, luckily I've uh, try and balance that. Mm-hmm. As it's far a tough as... question. Yeah. But sometimes it's sometimes it is obvious too. I don't know. It's it's weird. It's, yeah. I guess art is so subjective, but at the same time, there are certain things where I'm like, I could have mixed that better, or like, mm-hmm. oh, I could have sang that better, you know? Yeah. And that's you know, that is what it is. That's what cover music is for. Cover songs. So yeah. just cover it and you know, if it takes off, it takes off. That's how it is. Um so we've been talking a lot about art and music and film and all that stuff. When you need to take a break, step away from everything, just be with Rosie. What are your hobbies? What do you do to kind of escape from everything? I love watching movies and TV shows. Nice. And I know that's like probably everybody's answer, but it's nice because I'm able to like relax and rest and like escape the world, which I love because I'm always in my head about so many things, Mm -hmm. but also like, I also am learning about like my craft at the same time. Like we always used to get assignments from when I was in that film program to like watch movies. Like Mm then you have to watch these two movies this weekend. And I was like, Mm -hmm. Oh man, like, all right. If I have to, like, I love, I love watching films and it's weird. I don't listen to music as much as I watch movies. Yeah. Um, but when I was living uh, like an hour north of the city, mm. I always used to listen to music in the car. Mm-hmm. And that was always like a good way to unwind. It's just like going for a drive and listening yeah. to stuff. But I haven't been able to do that. And I miss it so much. Yeah. Well, being in the city, you, you don't drive as much in the city now, do you? I don't drive now. Oh, yeah. That that's the one thing I've heard about from people in New York is like, yeah, they'll take the subway and whatnot, but that's not driving. Like yeah. the subway system is so good that I fortunately very rarely need a car. Mm-hmm. And Ethan has a car. So yeah. if we need to drive somewhere, if we need to pick up like heavy equipment or something, like we can. Yeah. But yeah. oh driving the city is terrible. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's funny. Like, so I'm in central Texas, like I'd mentioned earlier. We had somebody move here recently that started working for us that came from the big city and was i i say big city like i'm not from the city but you know they came from the big city and they're like i don't even have a car because they're so used to just taking public transit everywhere and they're like i don't know what to do like your public transit here sucks and i'm like yeah it's a small town what do you expect like the public transit isn't going to be as hardcore as it is in New York, Chicago, whatever. Like you're not going to be able to grab the red line and take it into this in town. So that's the thing about LA too. I would feel so weird in LA because it is a city, but you can't take the subway. Yeah. I will say though, the 
best city I've ever been to for public transit is DC. DC has got the best public transit I've ever. Really? Yeah. They've got like this whole like underground, like, well, I mean, they've got like a really cool subway system that isn't completely, I've never been to New York, so I can't compare it to like the New York subway system, but their subway system drops you off. Like it's set up for like a tourist town is best gotcha. way to best way to describe it. So um yeah. have you seen any uh good movies lately i saw jurassic world on friday it was cute i wanted it to be a little bit more i don't know i wanted a little something more yeah but it was nice um i just binge watched the new season of stranger things all in okay. one day oh wow nice um and i'm obsessed it's so good yeah. i want to be in something like that so bad or make something like that so bad i think mm. it's so beautiful like the cinematography but then also yeah. the acting so good i, I never got it. into stranger things i need to need to watch it okay well as somebody who says things like that a lot like i didn't i personally tried to watch season three one time and was like no i don't like it and then last week i gave it another go and i <laughs> binge watched season three in basically one day as well yeah. um it's so good i would say try it again Awesome. You know, it, it, for me, it's one of those things where it's like, there's so many series that I need to watch. I need, like, I need to watch the, the most recent season of Ozark. I haven't watched it. I still need to watch the last two seasons of bloodline. I still need to watch the last season of F is for family. And like, there's so many series that I need to watch that it's almost overwhelming for me. That it's just like, I I don't know where to start. It's not like they're just movies. Like they are long. It is hours and hours yeah it really is it really really is um all right uh john i'll see you later thanks for hanging out with us appreciate you um so i've obviously or you said that you didn't really like uh jurassic world you wanted something more I just wanted more because I'll tell you. So okay. it was good. And obviously like the dinosaurs looked awesome, mm-hmm. but it was like the whole premise, right? Was that mm-hmm. they're out in the world. Yeah. Like the dinosaurs are loose and how are they going to manage with the dinosaurs living yeah. among the humans? Yeah. But then they didn't address that at all. The whole thing basically took place in another park. Okay. Like they created a sanctuary for the dinosaurs. And then the whole film was just about that one area. It wasn't about the whole world dealing with dinosaurs. And I was like bummed because I wanted to see like some t-rexes knock down the empire state building or something like that you know so like do you get any of that do you think they're setting up for another trilogy or do you think that it's kind of done i don't know i feel like it's done okay i feel like i don't know i don't know where else they could go with it Mm because it's just been the same thing over and over it's funny i was talking to my dad yesterday about this because him and his uh girlfriend they went and saw uh dominion and i was like oh really? What'd you think of it? He's like, I don't know. I was confused. And I was like, well, that's because you haven't seen Jurassic Park two, three world or lost world. And so there's a huge like gap in the time. Like, like he saw the original Jurassic Park, but uh-huh. he missed like everything in between. And it's like, I mean, yeah. if you're going to watch it, like this one would have made maybe the most sense because it had all the characters from the original, original uh, movie or all like all the returning characters, whatever. Um, so I guess, but like, there's the whole trilogy of uh, Jurassic World and uh, Lost World that are no, not Lost World. Why do I keep saying Lost World? The second Jurassic World movie. Um, you know, yeah. So 
right? It was I guess just that. I mean, yeah, you you would not have known who any of the characters were except yeah. for the old ones. But I don't know. The plot was kind of new. It was interesting. I, I definitely enjoyed it. It was just I want. I really just wanted them to knock down some buildings that I was yeah. familiar with. I think that would have been really cool. I well, love when you sure. see movies that take place in like the world that you live in, mm -hmm. and you're like, yeah. whoa, what? Yeah, for <laughs> sure, for sure, for sure. You know, it's I'm kind of waiting for it all to just pop up on the streaming platforms because in like 45 days, Jurassic World will be somewhere, and it's like, okay, I'll watch That's it then. Oh. Um, yeah. So is there, uh, given that you watch a lot of movies and also act, is there like a dream film or TV series that you would love to be a part of? I want to be in Marvel so bad. Oh, oh my God. Every time I like, I, every winter I end up, you know, like not going to the gym, like yeah. packing on the pounds. And then like every spring I'm like, I'm getting back in shape. I need to be a superhero. Yeah. And this spring uh, music definitely took the the forefront of that plan away mm -hmm. from me. But I'm, you know, you can always have a superhero summer. Yeah. So my goal in life has always been to do a pull up. Yeah. And I think that it would be really important to be a Marvel superhero to be able to do a pull up. Yeah. So I feel like once I can do that, I'll be ready, and nice. then I'll go into Marvel headquarters and I'll yeah. say, "Hello." Yeah. Pleasure to meet you. But I would love to be yeah, that actually I was thinking about it the other day. My dream would be this is like really random, but to be a murder victim on Law and Order SVU. My friends, literally, I think it was FBI or something, but yeah. she got to she got to be killed. She was like yeah. right in the beginning. This was a couple of months ago. Yeah. She got she was right at the beginning. She was a hotel concierge. Yeah. And she went, excuse me, sir, you can't. And then she had this dramatic death. And then she was like the girl for the episodes. They kept showing her photo to everybody. Yeah. Like, do but, you know this girl? Yeah. I know that girl. It, yeah, it's just one of those things where it's like, that'd just be cool. Like you get killed off at the beginning. So like the demand for your time, but you just get a lot of face time. Oh yeah, so, so. cool. And like also the like hair and makeup, like that would be so fun. Yeah, yeah I want to yeah. do that. Um, I need to get into like acting in New York City because there's so many shows that film here, like, yeah. so many cop shows and yeah. stuff like that. I could totally play a murder victim. <laughs> I, that you know, that's that just see. It seems like it's fun. Like if that's a show that I started watching back like season eight or whatever it was. It's been around so many seasons. Oh, yeah. but just to be a murder victim on that, that would be like a dream come true. So yeah, it'd be really fun. But. Um, I don't want to keep you too much longer because it is Sunday morning and I'm sure you've got lots of plans going on. One thing that we do with every guest that comes on here is we play a fun game called rapid fire randomness. Okay. So basically I have a random question generator and I just fire off 10 random questions at you and you answer them as quickly as you can. Oh, fun. It's like the Vogue thing. Yes. So if you are ready, I have your, I will start cycling through some of these questions. I'm ready. How many times have you wished you had been a little bit more prepared? Oh, every time I do something. So oh. infinite. Without saying anything related to food or drink, what is the best way to catch up with someone? Um, Oh man. Okay. Well, it's, it's kind of related to food and drink, but it's not, it doesn't have to be. There's this okay. place that I like to go. It's a cat cafe. You don't have to partake in the food and drink, but there's cats and you pay $13 and you go in and get to play with cats. So I would take someone there and I would nice. play with cats and talk to them. It's funny how 
Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll address this after we finish the game. Cause I don't want to okay. sidetrack us. All right. Uh, what is a time when something went wrong or you failed or what is, I am sorry. My fat Midwestern tongue is getting the best of me today. Uh, what is a time when something went wrong and what did you learn from it? Um, <clears throat> in high school, I really wanted to be the president of the drama company, but I did not get elected and I was really sad. And then instead of <clears throat> wasting my time, like being sad about it, I was a Girl Scout and <clears throat> initially I was going to drop out, but I stayed a Girl Scout and I got my gold award mm. and I planted this really nice garden and I fed the homeless and it was really fun. And uh, that's something that I never would have done if I didn't not get elected. Fair. So. Fair. It's a good thing that came out of a bad thing. And then I learned that everything happens for a reason. What's something that happens in sitcoms that you wish would happen in real life? Um, I wish that people would laugh at my jokes. What is the story of your first kiss? <gasps> it was at an Ed Sheeran concert. Really? Oh my gosh, yes. And um, it was with this boy that I had worked at summer camp with. And there was like this whole history because he had gotten up on stage and sang this song to me. It was our favorite Ed Sheeran song. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so beautiful. And then we had our first hug, which was very beautiful. And then a couple months later, he invited me to the concert. And then during that song, we had our first kiss at Radio City Music Hall. And it was nice. so cute. Nice. What was the song? Just to sidetrack really quickly. It was Wake Me Up by Ed okay. Sheeran. Gotcha. Um, if you could learn and perform one magic trick, what would the trick be? Um, probably levitating. Okay. Would you rather 20 butterflies instantly appear from nowhere every time you cough or a hundred butterflies die somewhere in the world every time you cough? Oh my God. Uh, instantly appear. That would be so cool. Yes. Um, would you rather have the mind of a 30 year old or the body of a 30 year old for the rest of your life? The mind a hundred percent. You can be fun at 30. Yes. Yeah. How can you, or how can one create more time? How can one create more time? Yes. Um, oh God. Uh, getting a good sleep schedule. Because then you, you know, you're not sleeping in and wasting the day. Mm -hmm. Fair. I guess Fair. I need to do that. <laughs> Who are four people that are not your family that you would take to a deserted island with you? Um, my boyfriend, Ethan. My, oh man. My, and then probably my friends, Zach and Niall. And uh, man, one more person. Uh, and then I would take my cat because then my, my friend Zach and Niall and Ethan, we all make music. So it would be really fun because we could make, we could write songs and perform and then, a, a band. Yeah. Take, form a band. Work. And then my cat would just kind of vibe out. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. And then final question, would you rather find your true love or a suitcase with $5 million? A suitcase with $5 million. Okay. Fair. Because you can find true, like, you can find true love. Like, you know, you'll find yeah. it. Yeah. Like, I, I don't need to be handed it. I'll find it. Yeah. And then the $5 million and I can just like take my true love on a vacation and stuff. Yeah. I like how you're trying to justify that, point, that answer. Yeah. Otherwise I sound like very shallow. 
it's but, but it's five million dollars like not every everybody could find their true love but not everybody can get to five million dollars exactly and also we we're all can we should be content with ourselves anyway you know yeah. what i mean yep you don't absolutely. need true love to complete yourself even though it is very nice to have yes absolutely okay I have to ask this last question. We're going to go into an extra 11th question because I just happened to swift it over and it's kind of a cool question. Would you rather live without color or without taste? Oh man. Without, uh, um, I would say without, without color. Okay. Cause dogs do it and they're fine. You know, it was kind of funny because when you froze the face you were making, it looked like you were just thinking really hard. Oh, okay. and I was like, I, I can't tell if you're just thinking really hard and it's dead silent or if you're frozen. Oh my God. I'm, mad. Oh. I'm just like, yeah. Um, yeah. I think, yeah. Cause taste is important. I like, I like food. Awesome. Awesome. I think Perfect. like food, like eating is a really nice time to like be with yourself and like mm-hmm. kind of just like, think and appreciate the food like i always try to eat mindfully that's mm-hmm. what like i've learned in counseling yeah and um it's a nice time to just kind of like be appreciative and like relax so yeah. i think food is very important so i would go color awesome 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 and that was rapid fire randomness so wow. that's that's a new game we started here pretty much once we started twitch and it, it it's kind of morphed into the game that it is so it's a, nice. I'm glad that they started updating the questions on the generator. Yeah. So it was That's getting, a fun thing. I love that that exists. Yeah. It, it was one of those things where like, sometimes I have to swipe over to the next question because it like, they're like raunchy dating questions. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to ask you that question. Like, <laughs> Oh no. Yeah. That, that would be weird. So, uh, but you know, for the most part, it's random and it's cool. So, um, but really appreciate you joining us. Um, for anybody out there listening, uh, if they want to check out your music, uh, where can they do that? So anywhere you can get music, just type in Rosie Dean and I'm there. And then I'm on TikTok and Instagram at Rosie Dean 21. Awesome. Awesome. Well, um, well, I get the uh, raid ready so we can go hang out with uh, some other amazing musicians on stream. Uh, for anybody out there, for the young musicians out there, let me specify that. What a piece of advice do you have for the young musicians out there? Oh, um, I would say don't oversaturate your audience at first. I would say work really hard on a small project or even just one song that you're really proud of that you feel like represents you and push that and get a strong aesthetic and purpose and push it and push it and then that way you'll get uh like a group of people together who like really vibe with that specific like message and energy and then expand from there because if you try to do too many things at once it can become really overwhelming and you don't know which direction to go and i feel like starting out as an artist you have to be so intentional with everything that you do awesome and so i would say that just like be true to yourself and follow it in one direction strongly awesome absolutely 100 percent agreed Once again, thank you so much for hanging out with us. It's been an absolute blast. I'm really excited to have gotten to know you. Glad we were able to get the podcast rescheduled because I think it was about a month or so ago at this point we were originally supposed to do this. Um, So I was glad. And then just the fact that it worked out to be episode 500 
absolutely amazing. I want to thank you for joining us. It was an absolutely amazing conversation. Thank you everybody for hanging out with us. I hope you enjoyed episode 500. And if you're new to the channel, uh, please stick around. We've got so many great more, so many great interviews lined up and just a lot of great plans for the channel. And uh, hopefully we'll have Rosie Dean back on in the near future when you get ready to release the uh, new single and all that fun stuff. Um, but yeah, other than that, we're going to go hang out with Dan Drumstone. He's an amazing drummer that uh, uh, lives right here on Twitch. So until next time, we will see you all later. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Awesome.